Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post What up? Fran, listen, I don't yeah. know uh, who's shitting your cornflakes in the last 30 days, my guy, but you are uh, just causing controversy and breaking the internet left and right, man. Yeah. Dino Gate was mm-hmm. last week for mm-hmm. people who um, maybe haven't listened to last week's episode. Uh, Fran proclaimed with his chest poked out very far <laughs> that he just done dinosaurs out and on, man. That just didn't happen. And I've had to deal with the consequences and ramifications of those those words that you spoke on to this, these microphones. Yeah. Uh, for the last week, people mm-hmm. have been messaging me, what's up with your boy? Is he serious? That's a bit, right? Yeah. And um, so I didn't know if I wanted to provide you the opportunity if you wanted to double down. or Double or, down on what? On, on what you said. What did I say? That dinosaurs, you don't think they exist? I said it's hard to believe. No, that's not what you said, man. That's what I said. <laughs> that's not what you said. That's, what that's said. not what you said. That's what I you said. said. You said, oh, dinosaurs? Yeah, right. And they just were walking around here. Pff, I nah, said I it's hard it. to believe. You did a lot of like, you did a lot of onomatopoeia and <laughs> yeah okay yeah. dinosaur flying around you didn't say it was hard to believe i said it's hard to believe. you what you actually said was you have a easier time believing in ghosts than dinosaurs yeah and i have to tell you stephen ray morris wants a fade bro he wants to head up he you have you have ticked off stephen ray morris he wants to fight you he was so mad at you about that about what? he's a big what fan of he's a big dinosaur guy what Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park, just dinosaurs in general. That's He's fine. very big into the paleontology, man. That's and fine. You, you, you disrespected the whole community, bro. I did? Yeah. Oh. It never existed. You sounded like a nut. But I'm saying, listen, hmm. you're my guy. I, you know, and, and I don't ever want it to get misconstrued. If yeah. we're out here just looking foolish, then then we're just gonna look foolish, bro. If you yeah. want to double down, I ride with you, bro. You know you're my guy. Yeah. So if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. That's this podcast is a podcast that doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to give I just wanted to see what you say. It's hard to believe. it's hard to believe that they they exist. Well, then, you know what, what, folks? Listen, I need to say this to everybody out there. It's my man right here, okay? And, I, and, and, that's, and that's, that's, that's my guy right there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, that, I'm going to stick beside him, you know? Like, if, if we don't believe in dinosaurs over here, then we just, the, we just don't believe in dinosaurs over here. It's a podcast that doesn't believe in dinosaurs. I'm going to stick beside my guy. What's the so, big deal? <laughs> <laughs> there, you, what is the big deal, right, Fran? You know what? You're right. What is the big deal, man? No, seriously, just, though. What, 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 I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the controversy. I don't understand. Because I'm saying... 
I, it's hard to it's hard for me to believe that they existed. But why? What research have you done? To I make haven't yourself, done any research. That's why it sounds crazy. And it's an opinion. No, it's not. It is though, an opinion. But it's not though. It is an opinion. You know, if you said like, you know, something, man, I think all the planets are just holograms. Yeah. Then that that is a you you yeah sure it's an opinion that you can have. But there's factual data out there to, that you could just look at, and then it wouldn't be an opinion anymore. Okay. Or it shouldn't. You would read it, and you would go, "Oh, okay, I see. That was crazy what I said." Yeah. And so for you to say me, I don't think dinosaurs existed. Who can you know? Who can prove that? Have you ever seen a dinosaur in your house? It's like I mean, I guess yeah, no, but no, never seen a dinosaur in my house. But there's stuff out there to read or look at that would prove the existence of dinosaurs. Mm. And you're, and what you're saying is like, I didn't look at that. I just, I in my soul, I just can feel it. In my bones, my I bones that are real and not made by people that put I in said. museums that are fake. <laughs> I didn't say that. that That's kind of like what I said. You said, I, you said, said, I said there's bones in, and fossil fuel out there and there's bones in museums. You said you can make bones. I don't recall but again. That. But <laughs> but you know something, man? I recall everything you said, and if yeah. that's how we're standing, then that's that's how we're standing. Look, I'm ten toes down next I to said, you, bro. This I'll is take what the I world said. on, bro. NASA, uh, Time Magazine, whoever wants, to, uh, Bing, anybody out there? Look, dinosaurs, man. I don't hard. I find it hard to believe as well. Look, do I think dinosaurs are cool? Do I think the idea <laughs> okay. of a dinosaur is cool? Yes. Okay. I think they're really cool. Following, but you. like I said, me personally, I just believe it's I. It's hard to believe that they that at some point they was walking around. Just walking around and flying all over the place, and just <laughs> ridiculously huge. It's just crazy to me. But have man. you ever seen a lizard? Yeah, I've seen a lizard, of course. Okay, so what's why is it hard to fathom that like a creature like a lizard could have existed at any at any point in a billion years? That what the you mean like a seen? lizard, a big lizard, a big lizard. A alligator, a crocodile, whatever you're picturing, bigger. That's crazy, and that's crazy. That's hard to believe, though. Sure, sure. You know what? You know what? Here's here. Let me help you. It's hard to fathom. Okay. It's hard to fathom sure. you being five sure. foot nine, and then there's like a fourteen foot lizard That's dinosaur insane. type of thing. It's hard for your mind to picture. Yes, but hard to believe sounds like I think it's bullshit. Okay. Oh, now, so if, if that's how you feel, fathom, then. okay. If that's you think that. it's bullshit, that's different than you going like I I'm can't, just saying it's hard. It's just, I can't, I can't even it's imagine hard to wrap it. my head around to being like that's different than what you were saying last oh, okay. week. I just just to be clear, that was the problem. Was what you were saying was is man and these bones and all the stuff they got in museums. Nah, no way. That's all bullshit. It's fake. Yeah, I wasn't saying it like that. Okay, well that's how the world took it. And again. I don't know what I had to say. Fran, we, we had another thing with Fran a couple weeks yeah. back, and I let people know Fran exists. He's a real person. You don't got to message me about how you feel about Fran because I'm, I'm Alvin. Well, and in case love, people don't know. That's the crazy thing. That's what I love about so this podcast, So maybe you should though. set your socials right I, now. And, no, and so, I'm not because I can say shit on here, and then you got to deal with that. I don't. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's so great, right? I, know. That's, I love it. <laughs> that's such a great situation you worked out for yourself. I might say some crazy shit today. <laughs> Just don't, bring, don't plan on it. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't make I plans. No, don't purpose. plan. Make plans to fuck the show up. <laughs> you know, enjoy. You got a fine. Uh, you got, you're riding a fine line. You know, Am I, I, got, I got no problem picking up your slack, but don't go out here trying to like. Let me see how I can really. Get out of his inbox to just be in chaos and shambles because you might fuck man. around and then it'd be over. You might go too far and say yeah. some shit. That's just, so let's just let. Well, I had some people hit me up though. Okay, okay. Had a couple people to go and said what? And I'm said with like, you and said like you replied back before, so I can I can message you. Like, okay, cool. And and did they tell you like that was crazy? Was it about dinosaurs? It wasn't or? about dinosaurs. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a, so you don't even understand what I'm saying to you. It was a lot. About dinosaurs? Oh, yeah, man. That's crazy. I got a lot of messages. People were like, hey, man, listen, 
that's my guy, but that was crazy. That's fine. I was getting a lot of that, man. Yeah. And I, again, I want to tell people, he won't say it. He won't say his socials. No. He has a, his own socials. Yeah. You know? It's uh, cool, though, man. It's, it's okay to stir the pot sometimes. People <laughs> like it. I tell you what, yeah, it's a great, it's a great way to get the conversation going. Yeah. You know, I told you, I'm I love all the listeners, though. I love them all. Of though. course, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, of course, yes, that's without a question. No, that doesn't even need to be said, but it's nice to say sometimes. But yeah, like I said, if we're doubling down, like I said, bro, I'm riding with you. So if we're gonna be controversial, let's get controversial with it. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot out some of my opinions that might be controversial, and because you know you've been getting in some hot water, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna dip my toes in the hot water with you. <laughs> okay, with, okay. So, all right, cool. so my first controversial, maybe controversial stand, uh, stance. In and Out Burger is trash. Okay, it is uh, very overpopularized. It takes too long to get the food. Chick Fil A is a superior product, and if you and I feel I believe that per capita, if you take a place that didn't have a Chick Fil A, like Las Vegas just got their first Chick Fil A last year, what? And they got flooded with people going to the Chick Fil A. I bet they handled the traffic of that better than any In and Out in, in Los Angeles because people come there from other coasts that don't have in and out Burger, and the first thing they want to do is go get in and out Burger. And then those people lie. I'll get you some in and out we'll get you, we'll, When we go to Vegas, we'll get some in and out Burger. I don't want to jade you. It's a, it's a fine burger. But for people to be traveling like, oh, man, coming from Boston, and the first thing they do when they land in Los Angeles or, or anywhere in the West Coast is like, I got to try in and out Burger, man. I've mm-hmm. heard everything. And then because of the cognitive dissonance, they don't want to be – they don't want their mind to be so sad by, you know – this all this expectation that they had and it'd be t- terrible. Mm-hmm. They go out and make the Instagram post best burger ever. Love in and out burger. And it's a lie, bro. The fries are soggy. Animal style fries make up for it a little bit, but they're still soggy fries with a bunch Animal of shit on top fries. of them. Yeah, it's like cheese and bacon bits on top oh. of the fries. But their fries are trash. And for the weight to get in and out like burger. Soggy fries, though. Huh? I like soggy fries. Oh, that's 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 are we just going to move into that controversy? Right? I'm not even finished my uh, In-N-Out Burger stance. You like soggy fries. Yeah. That's a serial killer thing you just said. You prefer them? Yeah. You go like, to McDonald's and you like, go like, give like, me all the like, soggies. If I, like if, if I get McDonald's fries. Make them wet. I, I, eat the, I eat the soggy fries. I don't eat the other ones. The ones you can just bend up. Oh, like you just in. don't eat them? I just don't eat them. I just eat the soggy ones. That's crazy. The soft ones. So the ones you can just grab in there, they mush in your hands. You're like, yeah, oh, that goodness. one. Oh, you're getting like uh, mouthwatered about yeah. the t- Delicious, that's, that's crazy, man. Uh, you know something? You just revealed something to me. I did it with all the fries. You Chick-fil-A, you know, Chick-fil-A, got the, Chick-fil-A got the waffle fries. Yeah. I just eat the soft ones. The ones that's soft, like the ones you get that like, that's like the end. Yeah, I know what you're describing. I skip those. I don't eat those. Oh, that's crazy, man. You just described yeah. something to me I'll never forget as long as we know each other. That's yeah. like, that's like, you just ruined my Fran picture of you for, that That, that took Soggy you down. Fries, yeah, man? that's crazy, bro. That's like sadistic what you just said. How? That's crazy. You prefer the wet, soggy fries? The soggy fries, yes. That's the that's ones you nice. just get them, and but they, they fall over. Yeah, yeah uh huh. I got you. Just a handful of those. Yeah. Just a whole handful of wet fries. Yeah. That's that's sick. You're a sicko. Delicious. But no, <laughs> that's how all In and Out fries are. So maybe you'll love In and Out Burger. Great. All of their fries are wet yeah. and soggy in a pile all together. Mm. You can just grab them all at one time and stuff them all in your mouth. Yeah. They're all kind of connected to each other because they're wet. So yeah, um, In and Out Burger trash controversy. Let's let's see. Let's where I'm, you know, I'm fucking. Let's fire it off. Uh, ketchup belongs in the refrigerator. No, That's it does not. Yes, no, it does, it does not. I feel. Cut I this said off. It. No, no, Cut this no. Off. I will not. I will not. No, bro. it does not. I just rode with you. I just rode with you when you said dinosaurs are fake. That is so. Gross. And you're gonna turn on me? You turn coat say, over ketchup? I didn't say they were fake. That's what you said, man. It was. They're hard. That's to what fathom. you alluded to. They're hard to fathom. Well, you know what's not hard to fathom? Ketchup is. A spoilable product, and when you open it, it needs to be put in the refrigerator, like all condiments. That is so good. Where are we going from here, friend? Do you keep your mayonnaise in the cabinet? 
But no, pen and refrigerator. Okay, why not? Why not ketchup? It's the same kind who of wants con- cold it's the same ketchup. Con- who wants who wants cold mayonnaise in your world? They're all condiments. Nah, man, it's condiments. They don't belong. in You the put mustard in the, in the fridge. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Who wants cold mustard on their hot dog? I don't. I don't put mustard on my hot dog. But do you have mustard in your fridge? Yes. What do you put mustard on? I I eat, I use it to eat um tilapia or uh <laughs> you, what? Yo, yo, you get fancy on me. What? Tilapia, you know, when I when I have fish, some, when yeah. I have some seared foie gras, I have a little I bit of side of Dijon mustard. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> My point is, I thought you were gonna <laughs> you're supposed to ride with me. That's okay, oh. but okay, that's fine. Uh I believe ketchup belongs in the fridge. That's right. I understand what restaurants do, like a like a you know, a hot dog place or a McDonald's, they have the little, you know, ketchup packets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But if you open up ketchup in your home, it says on the label, refrigerate after opening. That's yeah. what it says on the I know, there. but it doesn't go in my refrigerator. Do you keep jelly in the cabinets? Both. Both what? I I, I put it in the cabinet before it's open. Before that's open. yeah, that's fine. Okay. But then once you rip that little uh, aluminum seal thing, that's hard to get the corners off of and rip it rip it off of yeah, the you top. Put it in the refrigerator. You put it in the fridge, man. You put you put peanut butter in the refrigerator? No. Oh, God okay. no. Then you can't say. spread it. I'm not a lunatic, man. I'm just following the rules. All right. These are the rules. <clears throat> it says on the ketchup, ketchup doesn't bottle, belong in the refrigerator. Does you how you gonna tell you gonna tell John F. Hines that it it doesn't belong in the fridge? The guy who put refrigerate after opening on the label. Yes, I'll tell him he's wrong. Yes, I will. That's crazy. It's crazy, man. You got to follow the rules, bro. Nah, man. Let's see. Controversial. Let's okay. No, but we're Give riding, bro. One. Let's see how I'm feeling today. Um, oatmeal raisin is the superior cookie. It is. That's just. I mean, I understand chocolate chip is like. The uh, standard to say oatmeal raisin is the superior cookie. Throw it's, in the microwave. It, oh, come on, man! They're soft. Man. It's like a. It's like it's got the consistency. If you get them right, yeah, it's got the consistency of a snickerdoodle, mm-hmm. but with tremendous flavor, cinnamon and nutmeg and little pieces of raisin. And I'm not yep. even a raisin guy, but when you put them on oatmeal raisin, the combination of the oatmeal and the raisin, it just hits differently. So I don't say I'm not saying chocolate chip cookies are trash. I'm just saying that oatmeal raisin is the superior cookie. Yeah. And that's just a fact. I agree. I understand. It is my opinion, but it's also a fact at the same time. Um, yeah, let's man. see. Controversies. I don't know. I th- I've already made my stance clear on Friends. I think Friends is a, a, a mediocre show that has been um, a, adapted by people to be a part of their personality, and that's why it persists today. Did you say that before? Oh, yeah. I, nobody, I, gave, I, nobody gave you a hard time for that? No. Because mm, they really believe. See, I, I have a, I, I'll double down even on my stance about it, right? See, I think that most people don't like friends, but mm. it's become a part of your personality to like friends and nobody wants to come out and say, I don't really think it's that funny. But when you say on Inst- on Instagram or Twitter or something like, oh man, I'm such a Phoebe, you get likes and retweets and everybody loves that. And oh man, friends, nostalgia. But really when it all boils down to it, I don't feel like as many people as it f- seems like are sitting down in 2021 and like with their pasta and watching friends reruns. Mm. I just don't believe that that's the case. Cause I think it's a mediocre show. I think it's an okay show. I think it's got funny moments. Pivot. I've seen some friends episodes that I like have chuckled at, but like knee slapping, crying, laughing, never, never. And mm. I've given it a try. Cause I was like, maybe I'm wrong. I didn't grow up this way. I don't know the communications yeah. between these seven white people. Maybe I'm misreading it. And I, but I know comedy. I know what's funny. It's not hard. It's not hard to understand what's funny. I didn't grow up like the show Secession, but if it's something funny, it's funny or whatever, you know. So you don't need to live in New York and be, you know, moderately well off to understand Friends. It's just not that funny, and I'm not saying to me. I just think it's not that funny. Period. And you know that might be controversial. Not nearly as controversial as your Dino Dinosaur stance. You know, Dino Gate will forever go down in infamy on this podcast. Yeah. But like I said, I'm riding with you, bro. That's so, not. That's not going to. 
Light the podcast on fire, though. No, I don't want to do that. That's, just, <laughs> that's not my objective. I just wanted to make my stances clear on some things. I don't want to light the podcast on fire, you nut. <laughs> Speaking of fire, man, prayers to the uh, Pacific Northwest, the Oregons, the Washingtons. They're experiencing heat waves like never before. You know, so stay hydrated out there. Prayers to the, you know, if you got if you got a couple bo- a couple uh, bottles of cold water in your car or a couple of dollars, man, hand it to somebody that's on, out on the streets right now. It's, it's, I couldn't imagine not having a place to go that's cool, mm-hmm. you know, to get away from it being 110 degrees outside. Damn. So it's it's a hard time. And I'm complaining about like 90 90 something degrees. Yeah, at work. But one, this is something that's helped me very tremendously in life is to think about the fact that it's some it's always somebody worse off than you. Oh yeah. So whenever you're hot at work, you got to think, well, I'm getting paid to be out here. Mhm. And at some point, the day will be over. Yeah. And I can go home and be in the air conditioning, put an ice bag on my head, yeah. whatever you do. I don't know what you do. Ice bag? <laughs> yeah, you know, like you got a toothache, put one of those on your forehead. People do that? I don't know. I'm just saying, if you want to cool yourself off, however you do that. Whatever strategies you impl- implement to do that, to cool yourself off. I don't know. I've People seen... still use those, though? Ice bags? Yeah. Yeah, if you have some swelling or something, you, yeah, you got to put cold on that. Got to compress that. Oh, they used to throw an ice pack on it. Oh, you mean do people still use the, the ice bag? bag. You, yeah, no, I have one, but it's more of like a hipster thing. Like I got it from Urban Outfitters. I was like, this is like why? this is like retro. That's why. Because it's just like it's like hanging up somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I use it, but it's probably less convenient than you know the one you just always keep in the freezer with the gel in it. I got to actually go put cubes in it, but it's worth it. You do a little bit extra work, and it's you know it's like the aesthetically pleasing. You got a little ice, you got a little, you got a little ice bag that's on your crazy. on your you job. Just, you just have just extra money you can spend on. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I don't have, no, I don't have that. No, you I thought you were saying. I thought you was. Which I, what I thought you were going to say is you'll go the extra mile to, to no. for the look of no. it, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, nobody's going to see you with. That. <laughs> but I, yes, that's true. <laughs> it's for me, man. I do stuff. For, I do stuff for me. I get my hair cut for me. I like to put nice clothes on when I go to the grocery store for me. I'm not oh, doing it for pe- other people to see me. I do that for me. I got me a little swaggy ice bag. For me, for That's myself. <laughs> That's, and I'm the nut. <laughs> you know, as I was saying that, I was like, I don't think people will understand why I'm, why, I'm, why I'm saying I would have one of those. But it's somebody out there that gets it like, yeah, man, I just like to, I keep my uh, toothbrush in an apothecary bag just because I like how it looks. It's a little more work to unbuckle the straps and everything when I go to do my <laughs> night routine. But I like the look of it. It feels professional. Yeah. I got me a little bar with the man. When I go to make a, uh, I can make something simple like a vodka soda. I got my little bar. That's cool though. Thing I make my luck, put it in the jigger, shake cool. it up, stir. But somebody it. can come in and go, "That's awesome." I want. Where did you get that that's one? To get that? But what if you Nobody come in? What if you come in here and you get a contusion, bro? You come in here, you roll your ankle trying to get. Some, you know, I have a party. I don't really do that. I don't really yeah. host people at my house. I like to go to other people's house. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like to clean up. But let's say I have a nice little night. I have some charcuterie out. Yeah, people are enjoying themselves. Go to get some more brie from the from the kitchen, and they trip over my couch. Oh no, my foot. And then I come out, oh, shit, I got you. I go get the ice bag, put the ice cubes in it, and then they go, oh, man, thank God, I need to, I need to put the swelling down. But, oh, wow, this is uh, fashionable. No. And I just go, oh, yeah, no, I didn't even, I don't even know where I got that. You got to play it cool. I didn't even, that's just something, that, I don't know, I got that from a little antique place or something like that. I got that so long ago, I don't even remember where that's I got crazy. it from. But in that moment, you people respect your, your drip. That's crazy. Now, that's a very far-fetched scenario. How often do you use it? Well, uh, I ruptured my Achilles. You used the uh, yeah. You used it. Yeah, I ruptured my I ruptured my Achilles. Um, whenever I like roll my ankle, we play basketball or something like that, or you know anything like that. Just, so you just you can't wait to use it. I'll use it for <laughs> I'll use it for some scenarios where I might oh, not shit, need the ice. <laughs> no, yeah. that sounds like you like oh shit I can't. I can't wait to roll my ankle. Not, yeah, no, that, no, no. But I'm my, saying I will use it more often. Like I could probably just ride. I could probably just ride out this. The pain in this oh, okay. rolled ankle, right. but I'm gonna go ahead and put the bag on it. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, it's, that's just 
that's just how I get down, man. I like Ain't I like to add a little flair to life, man. You only live once, man. Yeah, like true. Drake said, YOLO. Um, but let's go ahead and get into these uh, shout outs. That's right, friend. It's time for some shout outs. Uh, again, uh, this week, not a major list, but every, it's, that doesn't matter. Everybody is important. Everybody is awesome. Thank you all for the support. Um, we're going to kick things off with... Uh, we're going to kick things off with K.A. I feel comfortable saying that whole thing because that's no way that's their name. That's like an abbreviation of some kind. So shout out to you, K.A. Much love and, uh, you know, thank you for the support. I hope you're enjoying the content on there. More content to come soon, I promise. Uh, up next, we got Beatrice F. I love that name because, Fran, as you know, one of my favorite films is Kill Bill. And uh, Uma Thurman's name in that movie is Beatrice Kiddo. So much love. I love that name. I think it's very unique. And that's an awesome name. Shout out to Beatrice. You be a awesome person to add to the Patreon list. Thank you. Uh, up next, we got Tracy R. Shout out to Tracy R. Fran, uh, we couldn't find any traces of anybody named Tracy until today when Tracy signed up to be a Patreon. That was, that was a good one. That was a decent one. You got to give me props on that one. That was good. I okay. flipped the name. little name flip on that one. Yeah. That was decent. Uh, and lastly, we got Ma- Ooh, Maria. I'm going to go Maria C. There's no H on the end. So I'm going to go Maria. Maria, Maria. Remember that song? That was a good song. That was a great song, man. Carlos Santana. Um, Her logo looks like a German Shepherd. Or a Siamese cat. I don't know which one. I hope it's not her. (laughs) I don't know if it. I don't want to be wrong and say, like, that's an animal. But, like, it definitely is not a person. It definitely is not a person. Uh, um, shout out to Maria and shout out to everybody else who joined Patreon this week. Much thank love you, thank and, you. and thank you so much for the support. Before we get out of here, I have to, as always, whenever there's a, some anniversary to celebrate for this man, uh, rest in peace and happy birthday to Nipsey Hussle the Great, uh, um, one of the greatest to ever do it. Which one is the claps? Yeah, boom. Uh, Nipsey Hussle inspired so much about the way that I approach anything that I go into. He was a, a visionary type of guy, he was a futurist. He really saw the way that this industry as far as entertainment and branding was going outside of him just being a dope rapper and just like a cool dude with Mm -hmm. like great energy. Um, He was truly a guy that had a lot of gems to drop and I picked up a lot of those gems and you know, a lot of the models that he explained I use every in in my everyday life. So uh, much love and and shout out to Nipsey Hussle and prayers to his family and prayers to his kids. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by Acorn TV. TV has been a saving grace for us, especially over the last year. But if you are like me and you've gone through everything on your queue list on all the other apps, then it's time for you to download a little thing called Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals that you won't find anywhere else. Unfortunately, I just finished Jack Irish. There's no more Jack Irish episodes for me to watch for now. But I just started this new Lucy Lawless show. You know, Xena the Warrior Princess. She's got a show on Acorn TV called My Life is Murder, and it's fantastic. It's an Australian detective drama where Lucy Lawless plays a retired cop whose old boss often comes to her for help on cold cases. Her name's Alexa Crow, and whether she wants to or not, Alexa can't seem to stop solving crimes. From production to performances, the series you'll find on Acorn TV are exceptional and refreshing because they're cleverly written, visually striking, and featured renowned actors like Guy Pearce and Lucy Lawless? Come on, can't go wrong with those two. 
So if you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories, new characters, and breathtaking scenery every week, do what I did and get Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use our promo code Affirmative Murder in all lowercase, folks, to get 30 days for free. Acorn TV. More shows than a tree has branches? No, that's terrible. But download it today. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. My Affirmative Murder this week is about the drug lord, Kabani Savage. Kabani Savage. Is a savage. <clears throat> so Kabani Savage was born on New Year's in 1975 which will make him 46 years, years old today. Kabani and former student of Frankfurt High School began boxing at the Front Street Gym in North Philadelphia. He had one professional boxing fight, which he won. But after that, uh, between when he won that fight and when he got caught up in what I'm about to explain in the story, it's, it's, it's just it's pretty murky. They don't know. Got it. What I would have hung it up too. Yeah, You win the first fight. one? You went to, <laughs> no. That's what well, I did. I did stand up for a bit. As soon as yeah. I won the, the open mic contest, I was like, I'm hanging it up. I rolled off into the sunset. I was it. like, I did it. Never I, I, I did it. Never, but Basically, Dave Chappelle, just I won. Yeah, but you didn't you you didn't become a drug lord though. Allegedly. If I <laughs> if I did, I wouldn't say it on a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so Savage began his operations as a drug dealer in Hunting Park and became a higher level dealer. According to federal authorities, Savage, from 1998 to around 2004, distributed hundreds of kilograms of cocaine in the Philadelphia area. Mm. So authorities accused Savage of personally killing a stranger, Kenneth Lassiter. So Kenneth Lassiter was on 8th and Butler Street, supposedly visiting a friend. But 8th and Butler was one of the, it's like uh, that corner was in North Philadelphia, which is one of the big and notorious um, uh, drug corners sure. in North Philly. But there is no info that... Kenneth Lasseter knew about that about that area at all. Okay. Probably, I mean, he's visited a friend. He probably know about the area. I don't know, but so on that day, he had a chance to meet Kabani Savage. After Lasseter's car bumped into Savage's, while they, um, those two were uh, parking their car. So uh, mm. I read a uh, article that, or the video I saw was saying that um, there has been a story where these guys were fighting over a parking space. Mm. So you already. In a in a confrontation, and yeah. then you hit the car too. Yeah, supposedly mm. he he tapped he tapped um, um, Kabani Savage's car. People get killed for a lot less in in this world today, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Savage asked Kenneth to pay for the damages on his car. They were minor damages, like a, a little scratch. And Kenneth supposedly was like, "Man, I'm not paying for that, man. This, mm. this, this, this is a joke. Out in public, joke. people seeing yeah. this guy's reputation. Yep, this is a joke." So he resisted. Not knowing who Savage was. Mm, yeah. And then he was shot in the stomach mm. and later died at Temple University later that day. After the incident, people were saying that there was more, it was more than a murder, it was a message. And the first shot fired in the Philly drug war. Oh, wow. The only thing is, some people said that the corner belongs to another fighter from the city, Tobias Tibb Flowers. Mm. Tibb wanted... I'm sorry, he witnessed the shooting and agreed to testify against Savage in court. Two weeks before court, Tibbs was, Tibbs was fatally shot by Stephen Smoke Northington mm. on the corner of 8th, 8th and Butler. Mm-mm. So that same block where Savage got into it with this guy, Kenneth Lasseter, about the little uh, incident. Yeah, a fender bender. Yeah, a little fender bender. And over, over a parking space. Yeah. And a witness was killed on that same block. 
Yeah, and the guy, well, Tibbs, that was his corner. That was supposedly his corner. Oh. He was another drug dealer, and that was his he, corner. So he was selling drugs, but okay, because this, this guy Savage is competition. Yeah. I was why, why he would, why why he he would, would testify. testify. Yeah, yep. okay, got it, got it. Got it. Um, still, it's still a savage move, though. It's still a savage move. He yeah, what like, a, yeah, I'll testify. Go figure. The yeah. coincidence is like Savage wasn't the only Savage in North Philadelphia. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Story? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, continue. So Savage... Um, so Savage was acquitted of Lassiter's murder after the lead witness in his case, Tobias Tip Flowers, was also murdered. Mm. Savage is suspected of ordering Flowers' death. So uh, uh, Savage was in 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 jail at, at at this point after that murder had happened. Mm-hmm. So from from that point on, he was just ordering out hits hits wow. on people. Yeah. So September six two thousand, Cabani ordered his associates to fatally shoot. Um, Man- Manwar Sevich Sev- Abdullah, age 22, of 11th Street, was later found inside his Mercedes Benz, which had been set on fire near Huntington Park. Mm. Huntington Park is, is, is his territory. Right. On September 12, 2001, Carlton Brown, um, a drug dealer and competitor of Savage, who was shot by a hitman, Lamont Lewis. He was tried three times for the murder, but never convicted. On February 23, 2003, the same guy that killed Tibbs, Circled the block three times before fatally shooting a rival drug dealer by the name Barry Parker three times in the chest mm. for attempting to take over his drug corner. Um, so on March 14, 2003, Cabani allegedly lured a drug dealer by the name of Tyrone Tolliver, age 26, to a drug packaging apartment in Palmetto Street. Um, Palmetto Street and near Area Avenue, where an associate by the name of Kareem Bree Bruntley fatally shot Tolliver in the back of the head and stole the drug money and turned it back to um, Kabani. Bluntly and Coleman, Coleman comes up in the later story. I haven't, I haven't covered his, his part yet. Okay. But Bluntly and Coleman, who were Kabani's top aides, wrapped the body in a trash bag and duct tape and stuffed the body in the car. And the body was found by police 16 days later. Mm. Bluntly was gunned down on January 2004. That was one of his aides. Yeah. Only because I don't think I'm sure he didn't call him. <laughs> I'm sure he called him like a capo or oh like, yeah, like but a, I'm saying his, 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 <laughs> a lieutenant. His, or one of his associates <laughs> is what is what the term that was that was used in right. the story I read in the video. But That's just a, what you're describing is funny to use the word age or like a page. This is one of my page. This is my uh my intern. One of his interns. Could be man. Yeah. Uh yeah. So um at some point, bluntly and Coleman end up uh becoming FBI informants. Ooh. That's one of the reasons why I bluntly got gunned down um, on January 2004. Savage ordered all these hits and engaged in multiple attempts in, in, at intimidation while held in a federal detention center in Philadelphia, mm. threatening to kill children of those who testified against him. Mm. Yeah, and when I see him, he ain't denied. Look, I told you how you red ass pissed me. He said, man, I ain't bring that heat your way. So nigga, you fucking brother, you bitch. Fucking nut. That was uh, him on on a telephone call. A prison phone. A prison phone saying saying that. Um, so he's saying he's going to kill Butler's five year old daughter. Yeah. So yeah, so he was saying that you know you ratted me out, so now I'm gonna kill everything you love. Wow. So less than one week after he was acquitted in the less in the Lesser case, Savage was arrested and accused of heading a drug trafficking network. 
for which he received a 30-year prison sentence. Savage was convicted of multiple charges, including money laundering, witness intimidation, and drug offenses. Conspiracy. Savage was imprisoned in a federal facility near Florence, Colorado. Savage's daughter, Sierra Cece Savage, a student at Ross Elementary School, died at age nine during a gun shooting in York, Pennsylvania. Police and Jasmine Fidel, Sierra's mother, stated that the shooting was unrelated to Savage's gang activity in Philadelphia. Fidel had raised Sierra by herself and had not been romantically involved with Savage for years. Now, could have been random? Could not have uh, been unlikely. unlikely. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, don't want to call her a liar. Right, right, right. But, but, like, but I'm saying yeah. this, based on what we know about this guy and all the shit he's wrapped up in, and that happens, it's yeah. just, that's tough. What's interesting is, like, you know, um, what you're describing audibly I touch on it a bit in my story, but like it's so perfectly depicted in the wire. So for anybody who can't really like visualize what Fran is describing, I highly recommend if you haven't, it's one of the best shows ever, but go check out the wire. I mean, they, David Simon researched Baltimore crime, rode rode along with uh, local police officers, talked to drug dealers, talked to some of the biggest drug dealers in the city. And so what you're seeing are, and I hate to glorify drug dealers, right? But re- it really is yeah. like they build these little. Ca- it's like it's like a uh, Louis the Fifteenth, and you know, you know, King George, and yeah. all. They build these empires that last five to seven years, yeah. typically. Mm-hmm. You know, is is you got to go to war, you got to get your territory, your yeah. reign is you're, you're the biggest thing, you know, and and, and you got to you got your your uh, hierarchy of your people, your soldiers beneath yep. you, and everybody eats and all this kind of stuff. But eventually, somebody comes for the crown. And then you get killed, yeah. and then the next guy comes in, and his reign might be ten years, yeah. or it might be two years. Yep. You know, it really is so. It's 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 awful what the war on drugs has done to accelerate the violence in these streets. Yeah, but it really is fascinating. It's its own economy. It's its own version of capitalism. Mm-hmm. You know, the drug the drug war on these streets is its own version of capitalism. The way these guys on Wall Street note certain terms and things you do and don't do. Pump it and dump it and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. There's shit you don't do in the and when you're in this world. Yeah. You know, so that part's fascinating. Obviously it comes with a bunch of violence and kids are being killed. It's terrible. But it really is it's this it's its own little world that's happening. You know? And that's why we talk about all the time on here where you know, we know a lot of stories that are just like, oh, man, uh, a kid got shot in, a car, in his car. I can't yeah. believe the random violence that happens in the streets. And, yeah. I, and I, try, I don't know anything. I'm not involved in anything. Yeah. I live in the suburbs. Right. But I'm just saying I know the difference between a random act of violence exactly. in the yeah. city and when it was like, yeah, okay, we're going to say we'll, – they can say that on the news. But we know. But we know what was yeah, really going exactly, on. Exactly, yeah. You know, so yep. it's, just, it's just really interesting in that regard. Yeah, because uh, like um, – Cause a lot of these stories, like I get a lot of these stories that pop up on my YouTube, uh, my YouTube feed, only because it's like I'm into it. It's only because it's not it's not as simple as it's not as simple as just retaliation. It's sure. way more than it goes beyond that. Yeah, it's like and, empires fighting yeah, each other. Right, right, and it's like those guys are you know making this illegal money, all this crazy stuff, and then but they're doing whatever they got to do to stay on top yeah. of their neighborhood or whatever to keep the money coming in or whatever. But back to the story. So Eugene Twin Coleman, who was previously working with the Savage, was arrested and put in federal custody on October 8th, 2004, and agreed to testify against Savage in a drug trial. In March of 2003, after Coleman murdered, um, after Coleman murdered his friend, 20, 26-year-old Tyrone Tolliver of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, federal agents encouraged Coleman's 
54-year-old mother, Marcella Coleman, a prison guard at uh, Kern um, from Hole Correctional Facility, to move to a new house, believing that... So they told, so they told her, to, you know, you need to move. Yeah, right? you're not safe. Everything he's, he's in and people he deal with, and now he's working for um, federal police or whatever, in federal custody, they're like, you know, it's not safe for you. You need to move yeah. out of the house. But for her... I'm sure a strong black young woman was like, no, this mm-hmm. is, you know, it's my house. I'm On not, the right side of the law, corrections yeah. officer. Yep. I'm not going to let not, these criminals run me out exactly. of my Exactly. I'm not going anywhere. I can I can defend myself and my family. Yeah. That's a lot of the times. It, it's not a mistake. I don't want to say mistake, but that that mentality is good yeah. to have. Yeah, for sure. if, if everybody had that mentality, we could probably save a lot of these neighborhoods. Yeah. But these kids, they have the, these kids and these kingpin drug dealers and all this shit. They have these neighborhoods gripped in such fear because they'll get this a person like this, and then that's the example. So all the people who had that spirit, it ends up broken, and it's like, hey man, listen, they sit on my stoop and they sell drugs, and I'll just shut up. I don't want to be, I don't want to say anything, and then I'm next. Yeah, yeah. you know, that was kind of like that story you did a while ago. I can't remember the Dawson that. family. The Dawson, yeah. I yeah, ride yeah. past. You know, my dad lives that that house is on that. the yeah, corner yeah. of his block yeah i ride past that center every time i go to his house yeah his kids play it's beautiful center what they did to it they turned it into like a community center mm-hmm. but that story is so tragic yeah this that my story reminds me of that story as soon as i when i read the story i was like that's the first thing that popped in my head um so again marcella coleman was like you know i'm not moving i'm not moving to a new house i'm not i'm defending my house mm-hmm. and my family so believing that she could defend herself she ref, she refused savage was convicted partly due to coleman's testimony mm. so in return Savage ordered Marcella Coleman's house in North Philadelphia to be burned down. Mm-hmm. At the time, at the time, Savage was in custody at, the, at FDC Philadelphia. At about 5 a.m. on October 9, 2004, the rural house was firebombed. The fire originated in the living room on the first floor, traveled quickly, and was extinguished after about 20 minutes. Mm. There were no survivors. It was the deadliest mass murder in Philadelphia since the Lex Street murders in 2000. I might be doing that story maybe in a couple weeks. Okay. Included in the death toll were Coleman's 15-month-old son, oh. Demir Jenkins, his mother, Marcella Coleman, three other youths youth mm. related to Coleman, 10-year-old Khadijah Nash, 12-year-old Taj Par- Parsha, 15-year-old Sean Rodriguez, 34, and I think he was just a friend, 34-year-old Tamika Nash, Coleman's cousin, and the mother of Khadi- Khadijah Nash, wow. and the family dog, which was a pit bull, um, also perished. Wow. So his whole family just... Just gone um, in, in, in twenty minutes. In, in twenty minutes in that in that fire. Wow. So rest in peace to and all somebody his else's kid that was just there hanging out with us. Yeah. So he lost his mom. He lost his son uh, and cousins and sisters and all kinds. Of so Savage Savage's sister Kadita Savage, known as known as Day or Little Sis, helped plot the crime by recruiting Lamont Lewis, the hitman. Lewis had been previously acquitted of killing Carlton Muhammad Brown, who died in two thousand one. Lewis, in turn, asked Robert B.J. Merritt Jr., his, his cousin, to help him. Kadita Savage showed the hitman where the house was located. According to federal uh, prosecutors, Merritt was the one who lit a gasoline can and threw it and threw one and the other one in the house. Mm. Lewis said that both he and Merritt tossed cans inside the house. So Lewis stated that he did not know the children were in the house after they died. So? And that Kadita Savage only gave him $2,000, $2, even though she promised him $5,000. Either way, it's either, not. Either I mean, way, bro. $5,000 to kill, like, five kids and a, a, a mom. And that's, that's awful, man. Because 
even in even in his like confession or whatever to get less time or to help convict uh, Savage, mm-hmm. you did that to kill somebody. Yeah. It's not like you just were like, oh, I just threw it in there. I don't know. I just thought I was, I was just lighting the house on fire. I didn't you, think. Yeah, it, you know, the, you knew you know somebody was going to die. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just because more people. Oh, I didn't know the kids were in there. Okay, but you knew his mom was in there. Yeah. You know, it was like, so so what? Yeah. So after authorities captured Lewis, he agreed to cooperate. Coleman stated that um, Duard Colbay, another drug dealer who was communicating with Savage while being held at FTC Philadelphia, told him that Savage wanted his family dead. Mm. Police did not find Lewis at the house in West Philadelphia, which they believe was his, but later arrested him in 2007 when he was driving his car. Savage was held um, at FTC Philadelphia during his trial. Jury selections for Savage's trial occurred in September of 2012. Lamont Lewis served as a star witness testifying against Cabani and Kadita, Savage as well as Merritt and Stephen Northington. The trial ended in May 2013. On May 13th of 2013, Savage was convicted of 12 counts of murder in aid of racketeering as well as one count um, each of the following crimes. Conspiracy to commit murder in aid of racketeering, conspiracy to participate in racketeering enterprise, and retaliating against a witness by murder. On June 2013, Savage was given 13 death sentences, mm. one for one for witness intimidation and one each for the total of 12 murders, including those from a retaliatory firebombing. The sentence was formally um, pronounced by Judge Richard Barclay Surik and Savage um, Federal Bureau of Prison Number 58232066. You know, got that just for you, so you can write him if you want. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, this guy that kills everything you love. I yeah, who is sure current, a, a, who is a in, message. Yeah, who is currently incarcerated in ADX Florence near Florence, Colorado. Um, in May 2013, Kadita Savage was convicted of various crimes, including retaliating against witnesses and aiding, and aiding racketeering. In February 2014, Zurich imposed a sentence of life imprisonment plus mm. a consecutive 10-year sentence. The life sentence was mandatory. Kadita Savage tried to delay the sentencing, but Zurich denied the request. This guy is still what in a, prison. He's trail. on death row. So he's been in there since uh, 20, 2013. So he's 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 still what a on trail death row. Of violence, man. Um, what a fucking trail of violence. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. To, but this isn't this isn't that crazy. I know. There's a ton of these guys. Yeah, I know. In 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 top tier statuses in cities all along the country. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's a cycle. It happens, and then the, the guy gets killed. He gets assassinated, and then the next guy comes in, and his crew takes over for yep. a few years, and. Yep. It's just it's just, it's cyclical violence. It's just it's all it's all exacerbated by the war on drugs, man. It, it really is fucked up. But that RICO charge changed everything, bro. When they invented that, when they found a way to lump everybody up, and you're doing this in participation with the organized crime syndicate, mm-hmm. it changed everything. They're able to give you you can get football numbers for just talking on the phone about drugs, or they can just prove that you might have known something, or you you drove something. You drove a car from here to there, and there was something in the trunk. Mm. You're every, everybody gets the same. If twenty you have some years. Type of, some some little type of connection, you, you everybody know. gets the same twenty years. Damn, it's everybody gets the same twenty years. Something you might get five years for for trafficking, uh, you know, a certain amount of grams of cocaine. If you did it for the the organization, yeah, you get 15, 20 years, man. Yeah. So I'm. Um, I mean, um, the reason why I wanted to read the story because like I've been watching a lot of these type of videos, and it's mm-hmm. like I see a lot of videos like this. Um, or I, I come across videos where it's just like the hitman. Yeah. So it's just like he's just he's called upon to do these type of mission missions, get paid, and it's like that's it. I and go yeah, I go back and forth about 
if that if those people should be categorized as serial killers. Do I I don't do them because it's not it's 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 not a lot of detail for one, and it's yeah. just like it's just it's no connection to why. I mean, a lot of a lot of stories we did there's no connection to the victims, but it's just like this dude is just hired to just maybe just shoot somebody and then right. that's it. But there's a hitman named the Iceman. He worked mm-hmm. for I think he worked for Whitey Bulger. Uh, he, he killed like eighty people or something. Like he killed so many people, crazy. dozens of people. But and and they've interviewed him. I've watched his interviews. Cold, a cold nothingness behind his eyes. Clearly, like some kind of dissociative personality, a sociopath, a psychopath, whatever you want to categorize him as. But he did it for money, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. But like I can't, t- I can't say just because he got paid, he didn't like it. Or there wasn't some right. kind of thrill in it, mm-hmm. and that's the con- that's the pr- part that's hard for me because there's all kind of videos you can find on YouTube about the number one trigger man for the yeah, MS13 yeah, yeah. or for the you know the this cartel or for this this gang the BGF mafia or whatever. Yeah, you can find like there's like a, a this person. Yeah, they when when somebody needs to get killed, this person gets called. And yeah. you go, is that a? Ser- I mean, like if they're very busy, they are they are killing very rapidly. You know, there's are. Is that a serial killer? But not in the way that we categorize right. it as in, right, in, in right, the right. true crime world. But right. so that's why I get conflicted because it's like, I mean, these people are spree killing or whatever you want to call it. But is that different because it's a job? Because I, I can't, we'll never know. Like, we'll never know their, like, like when you talk about the, like, the Sinaloa cartel, right? Mm-hmm. One of the most legendary cartels in Mexico. If there's a guy, that uh, is the the, or he has a, a guy and his crew, and they go and like kill people and put them in tubs of acid, and that's that's like grotesque. Like yeah. you have to have a certain type of mind. Like mm-hmm. not anybody can. You can't just you come can't to just me. Do that. You yeah. can't just come to me and be like, "Hey, Alvin, I'll give you ten thousand dollars if you kill somebody for me." It's like, yeah. no, no, I won't do that. <laughs> oh, how about fifteen? No. No. no, but there's somebody that'll go. I'll give you five. And it's like, shit, yeah, I've been waiting. To I need it. I've been yeah. waiting. I need it. And I've been waiting to kill somebody. That's where I get, because it must be something that like, is like interesting or something that gets you excited about the idea of going to kill somebody. I, I don't know, man. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the dollar sign. Sure. Only because like, it has to be a certain and extreme of, yeah. hard conditions. Yes. But also I think the, the dollar sign has the big thing because it's like, okay, I'll hire you to kill somebody for twenty thousand, and then it's like, oh, that's all I had to do. And then it's like, maybe, maybe it has it had nothing to do with them wanting to kill somebody. It's just like sure. I'm making all this money. I'll and never I'm make not twenty. I'll never make twenty thousand dollars straight up ever any other right. Kind of way. And it's just like you just get caught up, and you, and now you're just doing it repeatedly yeah. over and over again. It's just like so and, you, and that's your point. You just you're dis- you're disconnecting yourself from right. from you actually taking somebody's life to getting a paycheck, and you're like, man, hey, this is this is what I got to do to so survive. You, so you think you think what you're saying is after after you muster up if, if that's the case for some people i'm sure it's not that much to muster up the courage to do if, but especially that, if you live in if they live in poverty they don't got yeah, nothing yeah you're saying after that first one it's easy to desensitize yourself and just be like hey man this is just my this is my work yeah you know somebody's gonna kill them yeah so i might yeah. as well do it and get fifty thousand dollars or whatever it's kind of like know? it's kind of like doing something random and you go oh i'm good at this that's a sick that's a sick thought to have when you're like when you go in and assassinate somebody yeah. and, and fucking put them in a And you just get away clean, you're like, yeah. damn. I'm really talented at this. I, I can do this. And then you just you start making and then you're the guy that everybody calls. Yeah. And that's crazy. The re- and the reason why I did the story is because I just recently watched Cocaine Cowboys. 
And that shit is just the mo- all that money that he was dealing with is ins- yeah. it's insane, man. What, it's, what it's we're crazy. dealing with n- now, currently, yeah, this shit is still happening, bro. This shit is still happening. The war on drugs is a failed experiment. I don't know why they don't just. It's like there's so much violence and and danger and mm-hmm. and black markets. A black market can come up out of anything. They got a black market for vaccine cards now, right? So I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. So th- these black markets, all these things, they're so dangerous and volatile. Why not just see what happens if you legalize drugs? Why not just, if it's like, listen, we'll come up with some drug programs, we'll try to wean you off heroin, or we'll try to teach you to be able to function as a, be, be a functioning heroin addict. You like to do heroin? That's your business. If When you make it illegal, you create these black market vacuums for people to make millions of dollars and violence and all this, because you can't call the police. Somebody stole my cocaine. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Who else? Uh, that's because they can't tax it, though, right? And, it's, and that's the big, the big problem. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if, we all, if that's always going to just be the hindrance, look at weed. But that, that's they, what I'm saying. They no, figured it out eventually. But I'm saying that's why it's illegal because they just can't. The government can't get it. They money. can't figure they can't out how to get, get their, their hands on it yet. And it will be once they, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, hard. It's going to be a lot of like, it's going to be a lot of hard things and hard conversations and, and red tape and yellow tape and all that type of shit. But like, people are dying every day. Thousands of people are dying every day, and in, instead of doing something about it, we just go, well, yeah, well, if you just go in, crack some skulls, arrest those guys on the corner. Then eventually you'll arrest all the guys. It's like no, no there's gonna no, no, be no. another group of guys on that corner in the next day. And they found the ways to smuggle it across the fucking borders and whatnot. It's that's the thing about black markets, like you said about somebody being an assassin or whatever. Yeah, I if I'm really good, I know how to make the cocaine look like melons. There's there's a bunch of people out there like that who know how to paid. adapt, who know how paid. to adapt, and they get a paid, shit ton of money. They get paid handsomely, <laughs> and the better that you are at it, the more difficult it is. Yep. The taller you make the wall, the wider you make the wall, the more difficult you make it for people to uh, smuggle drugs through the water illegally. There's gonna be a guy who goes mm, balloons. Yep, I'm, I, yeah, always I, gonna I, be I put it on balloons. <laughs> always gonna be some. It's like always that. gonna be some way to circumvent. You know, yep. you build a ten foot fence, somebody makes a twenty foot ladder. Yep, this is what black markets are. So the, the war on drugs is a failed experiment, like I said. And be, people like this savage guy exist everywhere. Yeah. And will continue to exist and get killed. And then the new version of them, the 2.0 version comes. And then now, friend, not to get too deep about it, but what's happening, what's happened now since the 90s, people don't like to, or people might not understand is these RICO charges and, and the war on drugs, all it did was get a lot of the, OGs and the big brothers and the and the guys who really run these organizations put in prison for the rest of their lives and left all these young kids who they lured into this life with lies about we're family and you'll make a bunch of money and all this stuff. Now they're representing this gang mm-hmm. with no structure. Yeah. All they know is I'm red, that guy's blue, yep. we're this street, this guy's Take that street, clean and out. kill him. There's yeah. nobody to go, hey, man, no, we don't do that. We're worried about getting the money and the structure of this, and that's bad. That'll bring heat to the neighbor. So now you got these kids out here killing each other, and now they're like, as soon as one of those kind of wars get kicked off, all these kids are like, well, I need a gun to protect myself. Yeah. And that's where we end up in the, the stories we we're, we see on the news every day. A 14-year-old yep. kid, six kids in Chicago got shot. This happened in Baltimore. Yeah. These but, two 14-year-old kids. And then you kids. always hear like, why? Even even people here, I mean, you, you hear everywhere, but you also hear like, you hear your grandma or something say, or your uncle, what a, what a 12-year-old doing with a gun? It's like, come on, we all know we all know what's going on. Because a 14-year-old's trying to kill that 12-year-old. Yeah. 
Like know? they always, it's, it's always a fight. It's always a war down there. So they always got to be, they always got to have some morning because you never know who coming after you. Yes. Every, you stand outside in the corner all day and then people, it's, it's, it's and think it's, about what that does to your mental health. Yeah, paranoid man. and all kinds paranoid. of shit. Paranoid, these kids Stress. have PTSD. They're, they are, they've, they, they're so fucked up and scarred. They've already accepted. Like I probably won't live to 18. Yeah. Think about how fucked up and crazy that is to think that at 12. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You know, these kids, these kids need help, man. It's, it's tough out here. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't know if ending the war on drugs or, you know, giving them, not, get, taking away the, what they sell to make money in that regard will send them. I don't know if that'll send them to the Wendy's to get a job. But all I know is going and busting heads on the curb and then taking them and putting them in cars, that doesn't make the drugs stop being sold there. No. Somebody else just goes and sells the drugs there. Yeah. So that's just a cycle. And there's no solution to that. We, yeah. we should be trying to find solutions. It's not. It's not as simple as them kids to get off the corner and go get a job. It's not, especially if they're making way more money out on the street. Exactly. Why would they? Why, what? You end the you end the drug cycle. Yeah. And you give it. You give them a chance where they go. Well, I don't really have anywhere else that maybe I should stay my ass in school. Yeah. I'm not saying that for sure. This is what happens. Right. Take away this, kids go to school and go get jobs at at Walmart. Yeah. But I'm saying. If I can go make four hundred dollars out on this curb on a Monday, yep, and then come back maybe to two fifty by the end of the week, I made two grand, or go work forty hours at McDonald's and make two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars after taxes in two weeks. Yeah, that's not really much of a conversation to be had, right? But if you take away that option, maybe they go on a different path. That's all. That's 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 my logic in it, and that might be crazy and, and naive and all that shit. But it's just like I've seen. Not firsthand, but secondhand, family members, cousins, friends, yes. friends go down the road of, oh, I'm going to go sell some drugs. I, I mean, I've been asked, like, yo, you want to sell some? You know, I remember in high school getting asked that question. Yo, you want to yeah. sell some little bags of weed from a? No, sir. No, sir. I, I'm good. I'm fine, sir. Yep. Thank you. I was fortunate enough to be able to say no to that opportunity, right? Other kids didn't. We know friends that have been stabbed and killed and, and doing real time in prison. Yeah. Over, uh, over drugs. Over the the lifestyle, all of it, you know, and it's it's a shame, you know, a lot of potential wasted, a lot of potential wasted. So I don't know what the solution is, but all I know is the war on drugs is a failure, and it's it's a cyclical problem that will never end. And I and I kind of feel like that's the that's the intention. Yeah, I agree. You, know, man. you put bodies in the prisons, you. These cops, some of these cops stealing, skimming money off the top. Some people, some politicians skimming money off the top. But some of these drug laws, they got, they got so much power over like these young kids that they, they doing orders inside the prison. Like this guy, he was. Bro, you just talking about that guy Orlando, the guy that killed allegedly killed Tupac. Yeah, was working for Suge Knight. Yeah, who was a major gang member, drug dealer, everything. Yep, and so anybody. With enough money in this in this in this drug world, enough cold hard cash money, anybody can be bought. Yeah. A politician, a police chief, whoever. Your your family member can set you up. I come, hey man, tell me you want to go get some Buffalo Wild Wings tonight. And uh yeah. we're gonna be in the parking lot. Here's yeah. thirty thousand dollars in a bag. Yep. You know? That's the kind of money these people are dealing with, where literally anything is possible for them. And then coming off a pandemic? Oh, I would not. I'm very glad I'm comfortable in the way that I'm living. I'm that I don't have to be out in these streets. Can you imagine what a, a, a hit costs right now? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, bro. People are starving out here. Yeah. It's hard times out here. A lot of people went up 
in the pandemic. Mm. A lot of a lot of other people getting uh, <laughs> Uncle Sam's coming back <laughs> to those, those oh, PPP. Yeah. That's they live nice for a couple a couple a couple months. It was a nice run. Had you got you a Benz and everything like that, but Uncle Sam is coming for you. So <laughs> you a put lot that of money somewhere else. Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. You live the scam. <laughs> Pretend you hired some people. You got to ride the scam out. You can't just like take get the scam money and go do lavish things. Yeah, it's like wait, what? What do you get that? What did you? Never. No, I don't even want to ask. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, you know I got a Lamborghini. Why? Oh, you know I um, had my LLC for me. I was selling shrimp out of my car, <laughs> so I had the LLC. So I just put in for the PPP money, and they they gave it to me. Wow. So you didn't buy a, a building or something to, something to make it look Staff, like you took it. something. <laughs> hire right. a hire a page or an assistant. Get a, something. Nah, man, I just bought a Lambo. Gotta make it make All sense. All right, man. man. Well, you enjoy the next six months because when this clears up a little bit, when we can go back outside, she went Uncle fan. Sam is coming for you, and that's what's happening right now. But my point is, it's it's rough out there, man. So when you talk about guys like this, a lot of people made a lot of money. A lot of people sitting on a lot of cash and and, and fucking Bitcoin and, mm-hmm. and stocks and shit. And if they want to go make a move or whatever, it's a lot of people that didn't that were are worse off. Yeah. On the verge of eviction. Yeah. These eviction they moratoriums could end any day. Yeah. And it's like, you want me to do what? I Only could really worse. use three thousand dollars. Yeah, man. man. You know, so prayers to everybody, man, and stay safe out there and. Just, I don't know. I don't want to say be smart because when you need it, you need it. I can't tell somebody, you know, would you steal bread to feed your family? For goddamn right. Yeah. You know, that's the moral conundrum that a lot of people like to use to, yeah. to try to say whether you're morally a good person or not. I tell you like this, in a goddamn heartbeat, if my family's hungry, I'm going to steal the shit out Absolutely. of some bread. Yeah. You know, I don't give a fuck about a crime or rules of society or anything like that i gotta survive i gotta survive survive. literally i literally i will die i need to eat food yeah i got a baby at home i need to eat they need to eat so i don't crime is whatever you know and that's why we need to get out of this mind state i'm sorry to get on the soapbox but that's why we got to get out of this mind state of criminals are just like these joyriding stupid people who just like oh they just want to be bad people i never look at it being that simple no, it's no. it's never that simple. No. I'm sure there are some dumb kids out there, 15, 14, steal a car yeah. or whatever. But when you talk about somebody being bold enough to go in and put a gun in somebody's face to steal, you have to think of that possibly that person is so desperate that they're willing to get caught doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. That's you know, you have to really think about how hard up somebody could be to do that as opposed to like look at these stupid kids again just wanting to cause trouble and ruckus and all that type and it could be that sometimes, but yeah. not every time. Not every time. It's no. people hungry out here, man. It's people struggling out here. And you got to look at it from that perspective too, not just good people and bad people. Yeah, that's a very that's a really dark and jaded perspective and a weird way to look at the world. Is like, well, I don't do bad things, so I'm a good person. Yeah, and this person did a bad thing, so they're a bad person. Yeah. you just can't go. It's not. It's not. It's not that easy just to go get a job, especially if you have a criminal record. You can't just go and get a get a job, and then you got to wait a month to get paid. It's yeah. like I need to eat now. Yes. <laughs> like I can't wait I need to pay I, I have to pay to be a criminal Cause I have to pay monthly To have this house arrest uh, Anklet on me I have to pay You gotta pay for that? Yes That's You have insane. to pay for that, that equipment And shit that they, Yes it's, it's crazy out here man That's wild So I'm a criminal I, I have to tell everybody I'm a criminal And you want a monthly Money from me Every month Where am I supposed to get this money from? I gotta pay to get a license I don't have a job Yeah I just got out Back out How do I get How do you how do you get above water once you commit a crime one time? Yep. You know? 
So we it's, these are all things we have to think about as opposed to just being like, well, you know, there's good people and there's bad people. And, you know, some if you do something bad, then you're just a bad person. And so we should just like exile you from society. You should never be able to like redeem yourself or get a real job or pr- excel in life because, you know, you uh, got in a fight when you were 15 or you stole that car or you uh, stole money from out of that uh, armored truck or whatever you did that happened. And so now for the rest of your life, you just have to be a criminal, a career criminal. Now that's your only option in life is just cycling out of in and out of prison for the rest of your life. So I just implore people to just look at the world in different ways and stop being so general. And uh, yeah, no, but that was a good story, Frank. Yeah. That my, my whole thing is like, I, I, a lot of times I avoid those stories because I'm like, we turn the news on every day. It, it might be because we live here, but I was like, yeah, we turn yeah. the news on every day. This is, we hear about RICO charges and criminal organizations and all this stuff all the time. But so like I'm you like, say, it's still, it, it's still. Oh, it breeds it, it and it breeds an interesting conversation. Yeah, man. I just, I, I, I always watch a lot of these videos because it's like the shit that go on and these like. Like it's like business, like these illegal businesses and mm-hmm. people. Like, like some of these guys are smart, man. Like some very I, smart, very smart. They know how to run a business, but the way they do it, it's just like not a way you should do it. But killing people, they, like they, apply, they applied it, they applied it in the wrong kind of ways. Exactly. I will say this like this. I, you know, I, I, I put a lot of my personal life out there. I try, you know, I keep some stuff close to the chest as well. My father was, uh, uh he sold drugs successfully. One of the smartest guys I have ever met. He is very good with his hands. Mm-hmm. He can build things. I mean, he has these incredible skills. He just applied them to the wrong thing. Yeah. And now, after doing the prison stretch, he's gotten out, and I can see in his face that he's a different guy. Mm-hmm. Like this time, you know, because you can't get you can't. They say this in like you know uh, interventions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't get help unless until you want help. Yeah. Right. When you go to prison and they they have the programs where you talk to counselors and all that kind of shit, if in your mind you're like, I can't wait to get back out, get my get me a new car, get back on these streets, listen. get my position back, you'll yeah. never absorb that. Right. But my dad did this time around. And yeah. so when I talk to him now, it's very refreshing because I'm like, oh, this is a different guy than the guy I knew when before he went to prison. Mm, yeah. So a lot of these guys are very intelligent people. Yes. But the the environment around them didn't cater to them going down the path that would harness and, and cater to their success legally. Yep. You know? So that's why I say, like, a lot of these people, you can't just throw people away. So that's why I say, like, don't generalize people because you might be talking to a guy that could be a fantastic architect, but he just fucked up one at, at a young age, and now he has to do odd jobs for the rest of his life? Come on, man. That's crazy. But, um, I, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's my turn to get into some fucked up shit, so stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is the story of the angel of Reservoir Hill. Uh, my sources were the Baltimore Sun and uh, a blog called called the Charlie Ross Project. So Latanya Wallace is remembered fondly as an 11 year old bright eyed little girl from Druid Park Lake Drive. She was in the fifth grade at Utah Marshburn Elementary School when on a cold, dreary Tuesday afternoon in February of 1988, she vanished after leaving the Park Avenue branch of the Enoch Pratt Library in Baltimore. Her body fully clothed, was found two days later in the backyard of a house in the 700 block of Newington Avenue, four blocks from her home and a few hundred yards from the library. She, she, was, she was taken, killed, and was found in the, the vicinity of her normal walk around her neighborhood. Okay. Her body had been carefully placed atop her red raincoat, and the girl's blue book bag had been set neatly to one side. So she was um, she was very much like as fucked up as it is. There was care in mm-hmm. the way she was placed, but yeah. she was murdered and sexually assaulted. It was very it was it was terrible. But then the person who did it, who committed the act, took her, placed her gently down and neatly, and didn't just discard her. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a there's a psychopathy in that. Her death, which has never been solved, stunned the city of Baltimore. Detective Tom Pellegrini led an intense investigation. He and others believed that LaTanya was attacked and slain in the neighborhood. They felt her murderer then carried her body down an alley to, to, the, uh, to that backyard at night. So they believe she was killed at one place and then taken, taken to where she was later staged and placed gently. Detective Pellegrini also went on to say there is also evidence that she possibly knew her killer and may even have gone to meet him after leaving the library. Mm. So they believe that uh, LaTanya fell into kind of a trap. Yeah. Latanya was a cautious child who usually walked her route to the library with her, with a school friend. So, you know, smart. That afternoon, she went missing. She walked along Park Avenue with a 10-year-old boy she knew. They passed First Emmanuel Baptist Church, where her funeral was later held. And it was attended by then-Mayor Kurt L. Schmoke, who described her as Baltimore's child. And former Senator Bar- Barbara Mikulski called LaTanya the angel of Reservoir Hill. Creator of the all-time great show, The Wire, shadowed the Baltimore Police Department's homicide unit for a year from January to December of 1988. So he was, David Simon was actually working alongside and learning from the, the, um, the Baltimore homicide unit mm-hmm. when this case came in. Mm. Has he done any other big projects other than The Wire? Yeah, I mean, he did The Corner, which is another Baltimore show. That was first. Oh, okay. The Corner was first, and then he did The Wire. And I'm sure he's done Is he from stuff. here? I don't know. Hmm. He likes it here, or he likes the drug culture here, at yeah. least. He likes to depict it on film. So I don't know if he's from here. But hmm. I would assume he must be from the area. So like I said, David Simon was shadowing the, uh, the Baltimore Police Department's homicide unit, and it was one of the most prominent cases as well. The prime suspect, according to David Simon's book, Homicide, A Year on the Killing Streets, which went on to be adapted into The Wire, is uh, the only person identified 
as a suspect is a character named the fish man because he was a fishmonger. Okay. So he, like he sold fish. But in the book, he has no name. They didn't identify him by name. Fish man. Yeah, they called him the fish man. You know how people just come up with dumb names, dumb nicknames for people. That's that's why uh, we the frozen cup man. <laughs> Every neighborhood in Baltimore has a, a frozen cup man. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the frozen cup. Yeah, he just go. He just sells frozen cups. Fifty yeah, cents. Twenty five cents. You yeah. get a frozen cup. That's that's a stupid name. Yeah. That, but that's what he sells. So this is the fish man. He sells fish. Really easy. Black people really keep simple with nicknames. Yeah. Freezy cups used to be the yeah. joint though. You real dark skin black. <laughs> you know you you short guy look kind of quick speedy. Yep. <laughs> you know, very simple. But then you got to go out into the world confidently and be like, I'm little man mm-hmm. as a 17 year old person. Yeah. That's where I get, you know, because all my whole family calls me AJ. I would yeah. never. And that's not even crazy. That's not even like I met a person who told me their name was ghost. Like, like, like authentically, like to to my face. And that's it's wild. like, you know, yeah, that's crazy to have the confidence. I'm, I envy, I envy it because again, most people in my family call me AJ. I would yeah. never go and like, hey, what's up? I'm AJ. Like, I never have the, would have the confidence to address myself as that. But to be like, yeah, what's up? I'm uh, black. Has anybody asked you why they call you AJ? No. Do you get that a lot? Nobody asked me because they don't know. They just call me Alvin. Oh, oh. you mean like, like if my family's around? Yeah, and, then and they, they go, why you call yes, you AJ? Yes, they've asked me. Yeah, oh. sure. It's a thing that comes up because nobody, nobody would know me as that. You never told me why they call you AJ. Well, I figured out on my own. But you never told me why. You never told me why they call you AJ. I also never told you my name was AJ until you just come around. You're like, who the fuck is, why are they calling you that? You know what I mean? Like, I never told you my name was AJ. I heard your mom say it, though. Sure. But I, then I figured out on my own, like, oh, now I see why they call me AJ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's how I like it. I don't like this. That's that's, that's, something, that's my horcrux, friend, for all my Harry Potter friends. <laughs> that's something I keep close to me. That's what, how I know I haven't gone. The whole world doesn't know that little piece mm-hmm. about me, why they call me that, and I'll keep it close to the vest. Yeah. I might even say it. I don't know. I probably said it on... <laughs> Like, well, when, like when my name is coming, I mean, up, you I'm did probably, like last week. Okay, why they call you well, never mind. But I'm talking about bef- before that. Years, I'm like, yeah. Why the? F- and now, like, oh, now I see why they call him AJ. Well, I guess this podcast is taking away my horcrux. I guess I don't. <laughs> I don't even have that anymore. You guys get everything from me. That's fine. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an open book. But anyway, back to David Simon, and um, so he said detectives looked to see if they could connect the fish man to any other cases, and according to the book. A seven-year-old girl who lived on Montpelier Street disappeared in 1978 and was never found. And she was a dead ringer for Latonya Wallace. Officers learned that the fishman's business partner at the time lived on Montpelier Street and that the fishman visited him there often. When they showed the suspect a photo of the missing girl, Telethia, who was the girl who was a dead ringer for Latonya, he initially said he recognized her, but then backtracked and said he didn't. This is what the fishman said. Mm. Despite detectives' best efforts, the fish man never confessed to Latanya's murder, let alone uh, t- uh, Telethia's case. And they couldn't find enough evidence to prosecute him. And according to David Simon's book, Fishman is dead and has been and has been for a long time. Mm. So there are a lot of like if you go on Reddit and you look up the Angel of Reservoir Hill, you look up Latanya Wallace. There's a, a kind of a general consensus that most people go, yeah, it was probably the fish, fish man. man, but we don't know his name. Mm. We don't you know, or anything like that, and he's dead. So if he was the killer, this case will forever be a cold case. It'll never be solved, which is Damn. which is incredibly unfortunate. But like like I said, the general consensus is everybody just kind of goes, it was most likely the fish man. But that also doesn't bring justice to this young girl, Telethia's family, if he right. was the, 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 you know, the person responsible for that. So it's kind of sad. And it also sucks that, you know, I couldn't find, not to expose people or, you know, whatever, his family or whatever, but like, it would have been nice to at least put a name to the, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who the fish man is. Yeah. 
Nobody has any like type of like how he was as a person or nothing. None of that, I mean, people say he was a creepy guy. Creepy he was guy? a neighbor. Okay. He was a creepy neighborhood guy who sold fish. Hmm. That was his description. You know, he was a, lo- a local neighborhood guy who was creepy. He had a history of sexual assault. I don't know if it was kids, mm. but he had a history of sexual assault. And he was like an, an, an odd, creepy guy who sold fish around the neighborhood. The fish man. Fish man. So, um, like I said, according to David's book, the fish man is dead. So that doesn't bode well for Latanya's case. It will probably never be solved because the other part that sucked was, you know, at the time they had they had DNA samples, but DNA in 1988 wasn't nearly what it is now. So they didn't really yeah. have much to even be able to do with it. Damn. Yeah. The fish man. The fish man. When you say reservoir here, I was like, wait, is that here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Utah Mashburn Elementary School dedicated its library to LaTanya. And her church raised $1,500 to create a scholarship in her name to further the reading skills of gifted neighborhood children. So those are just a couple of ways that people have paid homage to her. They had a ceremony for her not long after she passed away. Her school as well it was very like um, beautiful. They let balloons go and everybody cried and everything like that. Um, and, you know, like I said, to this day, she is, you know, for people who remember the story, she will always be remembered as the angel of, of Reservoir Hill. What's this, West Baltimore? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so rest in peace to LaTanya Wallace, man. Um, very sad story. Just a quick story I wanted to do. I just found it very interesting. And I, I had never heard of this is before Amazing. my, this is before my time. You know, this is one of those, this is one of those stories where my mom probably remembers this story. It was yeah. like, you know, a thing that people remember it was big in the news locally. But then if you were born after a certain time, this has never been on your radar. I don't, I've never heard of LaTanya Wallace, but absolutely tragic story. A girl just going to her local library, got snatched up by some creep. Most likely the fish man, and was killed. And I've, I've also there's something about the placement that was weird to me. Um, I've heard of it in other other cases before where people, the difference between throwing somebody in a dumpster and, and placing them gently somewhere. Yeah. There's there's a psychology to that. Is no, it kind of like I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a repentance. Like they they knew it personally or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or yes, yes. That is that is typically what it what it means. Yeah. Is that you had some kind of care for this you 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 cared about this person. Even though you just did this horrible fucking thing, right. I don't even want to give them the credit to you aren't capable of caring for somebody if you did that, but you think mm-hmm. you think you cared for this person. And that's why you're gently doing this as opposed to discarding them. Yeah. With, you know, you, oh, this is just a this is just like a thing I don't mm-hmm. care about. The way that she was placed would tell me that the person knew her. Yeah. And so that is another reason because the fish man was local. That's another reason a lot of people believe that it was him because he knew he was a neighborhood guy. Damn. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. I've never heard that story. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird hearing the local stories. You go, damn. It's like, yeah. you, it's like you hear these stories all the time and you go, um, they happen in this part of the country. And it's like, when you hear one that was close to home, you go, this shit can happen anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy for you to separate it when you're like, right. I don't know where the fuck, exactly. what part of yeah. St. Yeah. Louis this is when I'm reading the story. But when you hear like a Enoch Pratt library and certain street Streets, names yep. and certain neighborhoods and local stories, that's when it's really easy to like really just get, it really gets, it trips you out. This story was like, it, it put me in a dark space because I was like, damn, fucking 11 year old kid yep. going to the library and got fucking snatched up by the fish man. Yeah. Allegedly. I don't, even have, I don't even have his name. I don't even have his name, so I don't even, I don't even feel the need man. to say allegedly. The fish man, you know? So rest in peace to LaTanya Wallace, yep. man. What we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes to pick the spirit up a bit before we get out of here. Good, 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 good vibes. 
That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes to get into your bloodstream or, you know, however they transfer. I'm not really sure about the logistics of that. But, you know, we're here to lighten up your day before we get out of here. Uh, Fran, my good vibe story this week is about a dog who was missing for weeks and then wandered into Walmart to find its owner working at the register. What? Yeah, man. Right. So um, the story goes, you can find a little bit of everything at Walmart, which no, the fuck you cannot. I don't mean to make this a slander Walmart kind of thing because the person worked at Walmart. But no, you can't. I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. But a lot of times I go there like, oh, we're out of that. Yeah. I just came here to get some batteries. We are out of all the batteries. So that, I take exception to what they just said. But let's you not. Know rewind. Rewind that, friend. Too late, man. I, 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 I said what I said, but still, I'm going to go ahead and read it how they want it to be read. <clears throat> you can find a little bit of everything at Walmart. I mean, anything possibly that you could need, you can find at Walmart. From produce to groceries to lingerie, big screen TVs and auto parts. For one very lucky mutt, that's disrespectful. Right. If you know where to look, you can also find your misplaced human friend. When Abby the dog disappeared in Donathan, Alabama, all she left behind was her collar and an empty tie-out line. June Roundtree and her husband scoured the neighborhood door-to-door searching for their uh, missing four-year-old black and white fur baby to no avail. Three, (laughs) Three weeks passed and there was no sign of Abby. Then something extraordinary happened. June was working... June was... This is getting this getting me. She is going off. (laughs) (laughs) It's distracting. Uh, June was working the weekend shift at the Walmart register when she heard a rumpus. That's Mm. yeah, it's very old word. (laughs) Somehow, a dog had gotten loose in the store and was artfully dogging dogging. What? Oh, okay. And was artfully dodging the would be shoppers and staff. Dogging. Yeah, I was like, what? Your brain was like, yeah, I was dogs. dogs. Yeah, I was dogs. It's dogs. Yeah, you see, how, yeah, it's funny how that works. Uh, uh, she was uh, the dog was artfully dodging the would-be shoppers and staff, trying to corral her as she careened through the various departments. It was almost like she knew where she was going. This dog, Abby, the mm. dog, a customer service associate said, "I was like, what in the world is happening?" Which is not that crazy for Walmart to see a dog there. I mean, yeah, you know, you saw seen shit. Birds in it. You saw shit in a urinal. Yeah, man. So uh, you know, for her to be like. I can't believe I'm seeing this at Walmart. Yeah. No. Nah. Have you been to the men's bathroom? No, you haven't. <laughs> so this is not this is not the craziest yeah. thing I've seen. Yeah, there's been some crazy shit seen in Walmart. I I think there's a whole Instagram dedicated to that. <laughs> when the when the dog arrived at June's post, register number six, which feels weird because that feels like that's in the middle, and usually it's either the first one or the last one. All it's those open. other registers are empty. Yeah, yeah. It's just ghost town. But it's like, sure, allegedly June was at post number six. Mm-hmm. It was clear that she wasn't checking out. She was checking in. <laughs> oh, good one. Oh, man. Talking about the dog? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Although June could scarcely believe... <laughs> Although June could scarcely believe it, the dashing doggo in line with... with <laughs> what? So she's like, oh, man, some dog is in line. Were they saving a place for their own? Oh, my God, Abby! So, yeah, so that's cute. It's cute. That's cute. That's funny. But, yeah, so she could scarcely believe it. The dashing doggo in line with 10 items or less was... Her long lost abs was long lost Abby. I called her name and she came. Roundtree told the Washington Post. I bent over and hugged her. I was I completely lost it. I couldn't speak. I was in complete shock and just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, I mean, this is crazy. The dog came to work. Yeah, was I'm guessing the dog doesn't have a name tag or anything. No, but she knows. You know your dog. 
Okay. You think if your dog didn't have a collar, you just would be like, this is just another one of these fucking whatever whatever Jasper is, an Australian slut shepherd or something. You just yeah. be like, I don't know which one is him. I know who Bella is. Sure. Yes. A young a young My Bella. dog? A young Bella, you would you would you would know her. Like a litter of puppies. I'm talking about no, I'm talking about her young younger Bella. days. Her younger days. Wait, what are you trying to say? Because she's gray. She, she's the old, ain't she? Is she older though? She's older. I'm but talking about her younger days. What does that have to do with me being able to identify? Why would I, why would she be different? Because looking? she has more gray now. Don't be disrespectful to my dog. That's what <laughs> I does. thought you were getting at. And <laughs> don't be disrespectful does. to my dog. She does she though. It's fine. She does a little bit more gray than usual. Okay, than fine. That's fine. Okay, but but I would be able to tell her now or you whatever. Able to, you were able to pick her out. Yeah. And other line of black dogs. Absolutely. First of all, it would be the one just going nuts. Barking and fighting the dog. But after so long, you haven't seen her? Like, she been away? Three weeks? Not that long. Oh. It's three weeks, man. Right. <laughs> they said long laws. Like they lost it for like a couple months. That's a long, that's a, that's an eternity when you love something. I love my dog. Three weeks, it's just, she's gone? I can't find her? That's, a, that's an eternity, man. Yeah, just, you just start thinking the worst. She's dead somewhere. This lady probably thought all kind of stuff. You're all just right, like, right, three weeks, man. It's not that long. Heartless, man. She's a heartless man. So, <laughs> uh, the round trees believe someone must have been feeding her, and even if they were, even if they were unable to catch her, they truly are grateful for that. She probably was going through. Tr- she, Abby's that's a survivor's name. There's also speculation that since June had been with Abby in the Walmart parking lot a few times, the dog might have recognized the location. Oh man, so cute dogs, man. It's beautiful, man. She might have just not. She could the scent. She knew where she was, man. Yeah. She went in there. Uh, when she happened upon it, when she ap- happened upon the Walmart in her travels, what kind of dog is it? I'm sorry, is that- I don't know. She said they said a mutt. Oh shit! So okay. you know that's the kind of dog it is. Whether Abby, <laughs> whether whether Abby was prompted to uh, brave the superstore threshold in search of food, shelter, or something else is anyone's guess. But we'd like to think the canny canine followed her hunting instincts on a hunch that June would be inside. Yeah, sure. That's that's good. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, while we're not sure what aisle Walmart generally stops ha- stocks happy reunions on, we think it's safe to <laughs> we think it's safe to say that when Abby left the store to go home with her mom, <laughs> she <laughs> she was one possumly satisfied customer. Who wrote this article, man? <laughs> this article was written by Judy Cole. Shout out to Judy Cole. I'm possibly satisfied with how you wrote this story as well. Shout out to you, Judy. Thank you. She should give you credit for for the delivery. Yeah, I got a, I got on my Al Roker shit. I'm not with Al. Happy See what's happening in your neck neck of the woods. I'm not. With, I'm not sure what Al. Happy reunions. I'm not what? sure what Al Walmart stocks the happy reunions on, but what I'll say is that's what they always do. Oh man, that's let's funny. just say. The next time I go to the store, I'll be having cheese with that. You're like, what? <laughs> okay, friend, you could <laughs> I don't know about you, but some say love is blind. And there's like there's like an expose about two blind people oh, that fell in love wow. and news, you know. <laughs> so next time it won't be no bark in the park. <laughs> what? What the what the it's so corny, but it's so funny. Though. <laughs> oh, all right. So a dream um, deferred doesn't necessarily mean a dream denied. Mm, deep. Even if it takes seven decades to come true. Oh, wow. In 1952, Martha and Lehman Tucker became man and wife. Although their marriage was a, was a true romance, the wedding was missing one element 
the bride would have dearly loved to have. A traditional white lace wedding gown. Mm. But in those days, Martha was in it, was unable to make the purchase in a racially segregated bridal shop of Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I know, I know this story. Mm-hmm. For years, Martha kept those memories to herself. But recently, the 94-year-old revealed her long-held hopes um, to her granddaughter, Angela, knowing the sacrifice the black the black woman of Martha's generation faced day to day, being denied many of life's customs, courtesies, and basic rights that others simply took for granted. And Angela decided to. It was time to make her grandmother's wedding dress wishes come true. This past July, after a fortifying brunch and um, a makeup session, the bridal the bridal party made their way to David's bridal in Hoover, Alabama, where the wedding gown Martha had always dreamed of, complete with full length lace lace sleeves, matching veil, and even a cheeky, charming thigh high lace garter oh. awaited awaited her. Mm. Nana. Yeah. When I first put on that dress, I was just so very excited. Martha told CNN. Come on, man. It was like. Read that again. Put some enthusiasm in that. What'd I do? Said it all bland. This this is a big moment for her. Man, read that again. Her quote. Oh, man. Put some sauce on there. When I first first put on that dress, I was just so very excited. Martha told CNN. It was like I was getting married all over again. Yeah. When I saw myself in the mirror, I was shocked. I said to myself, who is that? I can't even explain the feeling I got seeing myself in that wedding dress. Is that better? Yes. That's much better. Thank you. I like who was that? I like that. That was good. <laughs> happily doesn't really uh happy happy doesn't really paint the picture of how this made me feel. My grandmother has always been a giver, so to be able to finally give her an experience so dear to her pri- so dear to her was priceless. Happy is an understatement. Now this was this lady is 90 Four years old. Yes, beautiful. And all and those great, years, look great. And all those years, she kept that, she kept that to her. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm still mad that they wouldn't let me buy that damn wedding dress in that racial ass uh, bridal and, shop. And that's my problem with, with these stories, right? I think that that's beautiful. I saw the picture of that lady. I think that's a beautiful story. Yeah. But then you can't help but be furious that this lady couldn't go get her dress because of racism. Yeah. Not because she couldn't afford it. Yeah. That's different. Yep. You know, we were hard times. We just had to get, we just wanted to get married. We didn't want our kid to come into this world without us having a union or whatever the thing is that you believe. We just didn't have the money to get the dress or have the wedding that I wanted. I was pregnant. We couldn't. Yep. That's fine. Because of racism? Yep. They're like, no, you can't have that dress. Get out. Whites only. Yeah. So it like takes you back and you have that kind of, that trauma hits you and you're so, you just think about the little things that people weren't able to do at that time. It's crazy. Just wanted to, oh, I want to start a business. You can't. No black people can own businesses in the city. That's wild. You know, like what? But I, I'm really good at making, uh, you know, sandwiches. Well, you can't, well, so what? You can work here at mine, but you can't own a business here. You, you know, allowed. So it's, you know, yes, that's beautiful. And I'm glad she got that day. She got to go to brunch with her grandkids and put on a beautiful dress and feel nice for the day and everything. But then you can't help but not hear the beginning part of like, well, why'd she have to wait till she was 94? So those are bittersweet for me. Still beautiful. I love the story. I love the picture. She's great. Mixed feelings for sure is what comes from those a lot. Um, But yeah, that was, uh, that is an awesome story still. Nevertheless, she still got to have a beautiful day. Yep. Um, recommendations before we get out of here friend i have not watched this show yet but people keep talking about it and i saw a clip of it and it was really fucking funny uh ted lasso 
It's got Jason Sudeikis in it. He was on SNL. He's been around. He's in some things. He was, you know what he was in that you would like? What? That you saw, not that you would like. I think you saw it. What? He was in Horrible Bosses. I remember Horrible Bosses. With Charlie from Always Sunny and Ed Helms. Oh, yeah, 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 Jennifer yeah. Aniston yeah, is in yeah. it. Yeah, he's uh, the other friend. There was three of them. Oh, he was the okay. other friend. The kind of like reckless. Not, there was Charlie. Then there was like the straight edge friend. And then there was the other guy who was like, no, nah, fucking do it. Yeah. He was that guy. He plays Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. So I'm going to check that out. I, I don't have that. So I won't be watching that. Well, to people who might have <laughs> who might have Apple TV, feel free to check out Ted Lasso. I'm hearing good things. And I, it was a bunch of, I've heard, I've been hearing good things for months now. Mm. But I kept going like, uh, it's because what it is about, it's about a guy who's American who goes over to coach a British soccer team. Foot, okay. Football, they call it over there. And I was like, eh, doesn't sound like interesting. Funny. Is it a comedy? It's a comedy. It it's funny. all comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, eh, sounds a little, you know, sounds contrived. Sound like it's, I've seen it before or, you know, fish out of water, whatever. That's what I thought. And then I kept seeing people who I respect that are funny being like, yo, I, I watched Ted Lasso. I don't think, I didn't think I was like it. I just watched it randomly because somebody told me to watch it. Mm. It's funny as hell. You got to watch it. Am I so, why don't you just give me your password and I can just sign it? I don't know. I mean, we can talk about that off air. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to agree to do something that's illegal, technically. Oh, Apple, it is? Apple doesn't play. We have like a family uh, plan or something? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, either way, we'll discuss it off air. Yeah. Uh, but no, Ted Lasso, a, a fantastic show I hear. And I'm, so I'm going to check Ted Lasso out for sure. Fran, you, you got any new stuff? Um, I watched, like I said, I watched Cocaine Cowboys. Yes. So, um, I think I'm one of like the last two episodes of that. I watched um, The Malice in the Palace. Now, when you when you mentioned me on Instagram to watch it, I thought I, I thought that came out already. But what I saw was Ronald Ted's documentary. Did you see that? No, because I just didn't think he was that interesting. I knew he, you know, he had some psychological <laughs> issues and yeah. stuff. But but they do they do cover that incident. That's why I thought I seen got it that already. But no, I that's thought Mouse, totally of, Mouse of the Palace is fantastic. Yeah, done. yeah. And I, it's short. I, yeah, I watched yeah. that. Um, that's great. That's a great, that's that's yeah, a great docu series. Yeah, somebody asked us. I did like a ask us anything on Instagram, and somebody yeah. asked if we had seen it yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I thought I think that you know all that shit was happening last year is what I said on Instagram to the in response. But I'll say it here: all that stuff that was happening last year in the NBA and the MLB, people running on the court and you know, throwing stuff at the players and everything yeah. like that. I thought it was important to show the malice at the palace in 2021. Yeah. From all sides, yep. instead of it just being like. Yeah, they overreacted and just ran into the stands and started hitting people. Like, no, no, no. The dude who threw the beer, first of all, was walking around like a local celebrity. He was doing the news and being like, <laughs> people saw the video. If you think it's me, I'm not going to say it's me because that's like, that would be a crime. But like, <laughs> it's pretty clear who it is. That dude's a dick. And they're like, well, that, well, if it was you, would you do it again? He's like, <laughs> only thing I can say is, I'm mad I didn't throw it sooner. You know what I mean? Like you're like, you're like what? Like so that the, pissed me off. But the man. the fact that he li- he he loved the infamy. The other dude I loved, in and that- he was like, and he, oh, and he said that. Uh, he said he wished he would stuck his foot out. Then he said yeah, something like to that? trip him. Yeah, to trip him. Yeah, because he, he, like, he, he was like, he was like, he didn't hit, hit you. Yeah, 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 he hit the guy next to you. How'd you feel about that? I was like, thank God. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, ew, why are you he interviewing this gross, guy? Man. Then there was another dude who ran on the court. Who uh, I think Jermaine O'Neal socked in his mouth. He, he almost. Yeah, he he almost not he knocked him. <laughs> oh, he almost killed him. Yeah. The uh one of the, Reggie Miller was like, I'm really glad Jermaine O'Neal slipped. Oh my goodness. Because if he would have connected on him flush, he that guy probably would have died. That'd Jermaine O'Neal was 6'10 and like 260 That'd pounds. And that guy was very unhealthy. Then that motherfucking guy was talking about He's like, Oh, I'm gonna sue. Oh man, I'm you gonna You come on to the court? Man, get the fuck out of here. And I'm glad that he was prosecuted. They gave yeah. they, he got in trouble. Because he thought he was gonna make some kind of payday off of that. Crazy. Yeah, come so, on the court, fist all balled up. Oh, I can't believe you hit me. I loved it. I loved everything yep. about it. I loved that they showed it from all the perspectives. It sucks that they had to go through that. 
You know, you know, I mean, you can't go on hitting people, but I'm just saying like, they really didn't like, it wasn't like an equal accountability at the time. It was yeah. like, oh, I can't believe these thug monster animals yeah, ran into the all. stands yeah. and it, everybody was doing it. All yeah. this, all the talking heads that you know today were all, oh, I can't, is, is it the hip hop culture? That's, it was like, it was, it was getting mad was dog whistle racism. It was giving a lot of racism what they were saying. And I'm glad that in 2021, Number one, they show those people that said that shit. Yep. So they can have to be held accountable. Like, why would you, why'd you frame it in that narrative? Was that just because everybody else was doing that? You were like, let me just follow along with the narrative. Instead yeah. of being like, why did, why were the fans throwing beers at people? And then the way they were throwing the beers when they were going out of the, the it Crazy. was like, it was pathetic. It was the most disgusting display of sportsmanship I've ever seen. I don't agree with them going into the stands, but a guy threw a fucking beer on a dude who has recorded Mental health problems. Yeah. The guy was, and then when you hear him being like, I was just learning, learning about my, cause he's, Toronto Test is a nut, he's but not. I, but I like him though. I do. He, he owns that he is not all the way there. Yeah. And, I, I and he's him. getting help. I met him too before. Toronto Test? Yeah. In Are Harvard. you serious? Yeah. But you met him doing what? They had a, uh, I didn't meet him like, what up? Okay. <laughs> I met him like, hey Ron, hey, Ron. He's what like, up? Hello, what's up? Meta, it's Meta. No, he's like, what up? And okay. they kept on going. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. I, I don't, I feel like, Especially like him, I wouldn't go. Hey man, let's let me get a picture. I go. <laughs> what up? Hello, hey, I acknowledge you. And that's it. Yeah, go about your business. I don't got yeah, that. but I, I don't, th- I that was down to Harvard. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I like that he knows that he's like kind of loose a loose cannon, and he's getting help for it. He sees therapists and things like that. So when you see him talking at the you know now like yeah, yeah I just started learning about taking five breaths. So what I was doing was I was laying there on the bench to take my five breaths so I didn't try to fight Ben Wallace. Yeah. And then somebody, while you're in the middle of meditating and trying to find your center and calming yourself down, uh, you get splashed with a cup of beer? What I really like, the other angle before we get out of here, I love from Jermaine O'Neal's angle about how he was saying, I worked so hard to get here. And then he this took one, And then this one, this, just how quickly your life, from a stupid kind of thing, your life can be toppled by some dumb thing that it... And, and, and the narrative gets out of control, and you don't even have any say in it. Yeah. So it was just like it was. It was kind of his fault, though, right? Because he, he took. I know he took most of the blame. Well, what it was was yes, he was the he was the star of the team. Yeah. Ron Artest left, and yeah. Stephen Jackson already had a reputation of being like a hothead. Yeah. So out of the three guys, he was the only guy that people were like, I can't even believe that you would do something like yeah. this. Jermaine O'Neal was supposed to be the next guy after Reggie That's Miller. Crazy. He was on this pedestal, and he had the. And then when Ron Artest left. And Steven Jackson got traded, I think. It was like he was the only one there. They ain't even fuck with him no more. I'd rather say that to that. Well, and, and I like that he acknowledged that. Where he yeah. goes, yeah, I took the coward's way out. I just was yeah. like, let me get out of here. I didn't even know Reggie Miller was on the team. I learned, I didn't know that. I learned, he was hurt. Yeah. But I didn't he know was he there. was on the team. But he retired they almost like the year after him. that. There was so many yeah. layers to that. Like, he was like, I'm on the team. Like The police were like, get off of the court. He's like, I'm Reggie Miller. And yeah. everybody was like, how don't you know who Reggie Miller? That's crazy. You in Indiana, you don't know who Reggie Miller. No, they was in Detroit. They was in Detroit. But, but, but still, still. Yeah. You should like know who Reggie Miller is. Or whatever. Yeah. But I, I thought I, he was some well dressed fan. Yeah, I I thought the whole thing was super dope. Um that's fucked up how he did take all the blame. That was yeah. they end up them two end up winning going winning the championships and shit yeah. and he didn't get anything. I also and again not to keep dragging it on, but I also like how Ron Artest was after right after the, he won the championship, he acknowledged that. He yeah. was like, I, if, I feel bad about that. Yeah. Probably had a lot of clarity in that moment, like we probably should have won a championship. We probably should have won Reggie Miller a championship. Yep. But that happened, That's and crazy, yeah. I, I'm here. I get a championship. Steven Jackson went to San Antonio. He got a championship. And Jermaine O'Neal, probably the most talented guy on the team. And Reggie Miller, the legend, 
didn't get to go and get a championship, but yep. we're sitting here with championships. So, yeah, so check out Mouse at the Palace, man. Fantastic documentary. I'm going to check out Ted Lasso when I get off of the mic, and Fran's going to, I don't know, watch some movie that probably came out five years ago, but you're going <laughs> to check out for the first time. Okay. Right <laughs> well, uh, this is another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park